Hey, Chirocasters, Dr. Drew Rubin here. I'm super excited to talk to you today about my sponsors, of course, Cairo Right. Now you know I'm PCD, Preferred Chiropractic Doctor. But I'm equally excited to share this book with you that has been influential um, for a lot of reasons. It's called Manual Therapy in Children by Dr. Heiner Biedemann. And it was introduced to me by Dr. Jeannie Ohm, who is uh, just here in Atlanta this weekend for ICPA seminar. She's one of my heroes, my mentors. Um, she's one of the most amazing chiropractors I know. And she shared this book with me and I share it with you. Here's the podcast. I'm gonna introduce you to a couple of very cool concepts today. Um, this is one of my favorite authors in uh, chiropractic pediatrics from someone who is not a chiropractor, Dr. Heiner Biedemann. He is a German osteopath. Um, and in a moment, I'm gonna introduce you to his fabulous textbook called Manual Therapy in Children. Um, but right now, I just wanna show you this paper that he wrote a number of years ago in JMPT uh, that is available online for you guys to read uh, at your leisure. Um, and it's one of my favorite uh, papers. I've, a lot of the stuff that um, I have originally started using uh, based upon, um, especially working with kids with special needs kids and infants uh, and kids with torticollis, a lot of it comes from his work. Um, so I just wanted to show you some of this stuff. Um, first thing is this, if you look over here, and I'm gonna show you this picture a little bit larger in, in a moment. Uh, but if you look over here, one of the most important things that he talks about <coughs> is a concept um, in that why children end up with so many issues at birth, which I think is a really cool thing for you know, us to discuss, is here's a medical doctor, and this is what they're talking about is, is birth uh, trauma. So one of the things that he talks about is the uh, horizontal plane lines of a baby's spine. So if you think about that, if you have a horizontal plane line of a baby's spine, what does that mean in terms of the baby's movement of their cervicals? They're unrestricted, right? So there's nothing, there's no joint solution, there's nothing, not, the facet planes haven't been developed, nothing. So, so that means when, when your baby can turn its head like passively, you can be a, a chiropractor or an osteopath or whoever and turn the baby's head, you have like a whole lot of joint play in there that you're gonna have to get to if you're doing a more manual kind of adjustment, which I think can be quite problematic you know, for these kids. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about this later, but I th and we, we've mentioned it probably in lab class, I know I have in my uh, Thursday class, where <coughs> we want to be very cognizant of how we're adjusting babies because we can, we can certainly take their joints to a place that probably is way past what it should be, right? If you do a very, very gross, you know, uh, aggressive manipulation because there's nothing stopping anything here, that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is trauma during birth is certainly important because, you know, when you when you've you've probably seen some of the births or if you haven't, like Dr. Genie is speaking this weekend, ICPA is our, our first module starting this weekend. If you've seen some birth uh, videos, you can take that baby's head as the baby's coming out and imagine you know the, the shoulders are being held in place and now the baby's head is is crowning. You could really turn that baby's head quite dramatically, um, and nothing is going to stop that OB, that midwife, or whoever is assisting the birth at that particular moment from really rotating that baby's head quite you know, amazingly. Um, and there have been cases, although it's very rare, but there have been cases where children have died, children have been decapitated, children have had broken necks because of excessive use of force during labor. Um, 
and even though it, thankfully it's quite rare, it can happen, and a lot of it is because that area is just so sensitive, right? Uh, but because it is so sensitive, it also really messes with the proprioceptive abilities of that area. And that is why we see so many kids, little ones, who are having problems later on, like we talked about already with rolling and crawling and even just lying prone, like we just had a, a new baby come in the other day who hates, hates, hates being on his belly. He's eight months old or nine months old and he hates it. You put him on his belly, he starts crying instantly. On his belly, he cries. He can't, and he will not lift his head up past this, right? He won't put his arms out like this. Like usually eight months old, you're practically ready to crawl or not, maybe even crawling. And he'll put his, he will not put his hands out like this. He just sits there like this with his hands in the air and his feet in the air doing like a Landau kind of response that we showed you. So his feet and his hands are in the air uh, and he's only supporting himself on his tummy and he will not do anything. He doesn't toe dig, right? Which is the, that's like a primary thing you have to do in order to start moving is, is dig your toes. He doesn't put his hands down, which means he's not, so he, he's not crawling. And that's the, the, the main uh, thing that the mom brought him in for is he's not crawling. And guess where we found this main subluxations is upper cervically, right? Because between his occiput, he's got a flattened occiput in the back, like I showed you before with cranial stuff. He's got a flattened occiput and he's got a way significantly subluxated atlas. So between those two areas, we have to work on them because that's why he's having such troubles, right? And, <coughs> you know, you can try to train him with all these other tricks and whatever to get him to crawl or not even worry that he isn't crawling and eventually he'll eventually walk anyway. But the problem is, is that this area needs to be worked on. That, that COC1 area <coughs> needs to be worked on. <coughs> and then my favorite term from Dr. Biederman, if I can find it here. Oh, here it is. This is my favorite term right here, is the term verticalization. Um, the, and we've kind of mentioned this before, but the, the whole point of the first year is to do this. The whole point of the first year of a baby is to verticalize, to go from horizontal to vertical. Because if you don't go from horizontal to vertical in that first year, you're, gonna, you're, you're having some kind of problems. Now, we've talked about before, <coughs> there are some variations. You know, there are some uh, kids who are born premature. So if you're born at 30 weeks instead of 40 weeks, do we expect you to verticalize at a year old? No. When should we expect you to verticalize? Maybe 16 months, 18, let's add a few months, right? For every month that they were premature, you gotta add a month or two, you know? So even though they'll say they're a year old, right? But a 30 week old child, are they really a year old at a year old? No, they're not really a year old. They might be a year out of the womb, but they're not really cognitively, functionally a year old at that time. They're a year minus 10 weeks, right? So you take two and a half months off, so you'd expect at least a month or two delay for every month that they're premature, right? So that's how we kind of tack this on. So a kid is born at 37 weeks and they're a year old, they may or may not be doing stuff at, at, you know, at normal time, but I would give them a month or two of time to kind of wiggle room. But if they're born at 39, 40 weeks, 41 weeks or so, so they're born at term and everything else was, was normal, there was no other issues, then I'm gonna expect by, by a year old, I'm gonna expect these kids to be standing. And if they're not standing, give or take a little bit of you know, time, if they're not standing, I'm gonna be concerned. And we're gonna check primitive reflexes, we're gonna check um, 
a lot of other things with these kids to make sure that they get that ability to verticalize. Because that's like the key, Dr. Biedman talks about this, this is the key essence of their first year is to verticalize. Now what's the key essence of their second year, which means is from their first birthday to their second birthday, what's their key essence then? Language. Is talking, right? Language, communication, right? So the first year is verticalization, the second year is communication, right? That's the first year and the second year. And then the third year is what? Because now, they're, now they, they're walking, now they're talking, what do they do in their third year? Now it's comprehension and socialization, right? It's really getting to know other people and so like to interact with other people and getting to, to work with other people and stuff. <coughs> and it's understanding their world, etc. So there's sort of a stepwise progression. And if you're not doing those steps in that order, there's something going on, right? There's, there's some kind of delay. Yeah? Yes. It has consequences, so if the baby is taught to sit or is put into vertical or semi-vertical positions before they are developmentally able to be able to do or find them naturally on their own, that that has... Yeah, this is a huge thing. So there's a lot of parents out there who are very proud of their kids and will put their hands in their overalls like this and say, yeah, my kid just went right through to walk and he didn't crawl at all. Um, he didn't need to do that baby stuff. And guess what I say to them? Well, you're going to teach your kid how to crawl. Uh, so because you can't, miss, you can't miss things, right? You can't miss milestones. It's, it's like, because if you miss crawling, what are you really missing? You're missing the corpus callosum and the connections between side, one side and the other. That's a huge thing. So when you see, you know, kids are like, oh, my kid walked at eight months old, whatever, and he just he crawled for like a week or two then what I, what I usually tell people is, well, you're going to get the kid to crawl now uh, for several months. And a lot of times you can't, now you're not going to knock the kid down and kick their feet out from under them and stop them from walking. If they're walking, they're walking. Um, <coughs> but you want to make sure they didn't miss crawling. So you'll do crawling exercises with them, like dead bug exercises and those kind of things. You'll do exercise, because you, you can't make them crawl. You can't push them on their belly. When they're, when they're at that age, there's no reasoning and logical explanation to say, no, you should be on your belly. But you can do a fun games with them with cross-crawl. You can do crawling games with them. So you and, and the child go on your hands and knees and crawl around the, the, the room or crawl outside or crawl on the sand or crawl on the beach or crawl on a field or something. So there's all kinds of ways to do that. So thank you for bringing that up. It's very important. If it, it, early verticalization does have consequences you know, also. So um, that's why we hate those... Um, Oh, what are those chairs called? Bumbo chairs? Yeah, when they stick the kids in the chair to sit them up when they're not supposed to be. What are they there for? I hate the bouncy swing things. You know, you sit them in this thing and they can bounce up and down. I'm like, oh, this, they're poor L5, right? Because um, all I think about is spondylos with, with that. You know, we've seen little kids, five, six-year-old kids with spondylos um, because they probably have broken pars because of these ridiculous chairs. Another thing I really uh, dislike, um, kind of like what Brian said, is um, you ever see those walker thingies, you know? Uh, and there's a really cute one that they just, they're advertising now from um, that company that does these really great language uh, things. There's some really great push button stuff. Um, frog one? Yeah, frog, leapfrog. Very good, thank you. Very good, Carolyn. So leapfrog, so they have this thing where it looks like, um, it's, this, it's this thing you push the buttons, but it's also, you can stick it into this thing and it, they can walk with it too. So. If you're not supposed to be walking, why are you walking, right? 
and, and when they walk, if you watch them on the, on the TV, I watched them on the TV, um, these kids aren't walking upright, they're walking bent over like this. So you're creating all kinds of improper verticalization. Um, so uh, th this is such a critical you know, factor. And, um, and I love how Biedemann you know, kind of talks about this because I think it's totally important to understand um, developmentally where kids are. If you want to be a pediatric chiropractor, you've really got to know where they're going developmentally and where they should be and shouldn't be and what's correct and not correct. So as an example, we had a little boy come in the other day who was about uh, 11 months old. Uh, and uh, on his milestone chart, the mom checked off crawling. But then I, he was actually scooting on his rear end. And I said, is that how he usually does it? And she said, yes. I said, and she's got two other kids. I said, did the other kids do that? And she said, no. And I said, do you find that funny? And she said, yes. You know, I'm very concerned about this. Even though everybody says it's nothing, but I think it's something. And that's, why, that's the main reason why they were there. Because it was like, I, I knew this isn't right. And I said, yeah, and you know why it's not right? Because the baby is missing something, right? Yeah, he's moving, right? So he is verticalizing, right? Because once a child goes from here to here, like, you know, the, the biggest, what's the biggest, the biggest thing that, that they have to get past to verticalize is what? Balance. Well, balance, but before balance is they have to fight something. You're actually fighting something. Gravity. Gravity. You, that's proprioception. That is why it's so important to have their upper cervical area intact. Because if they can't fight gravity, they won't get off the ground. Right? A snake or a lizard that crawls on the ground and on its stomach cannot fight gravity. It cannot go past gravity unless it jumps or something. Um, but a baby, that's the first main task of verticalization is fighting gravity. So that's why putting your head up like this uh, when, when you're on your belly is so important because if you can lift your head up off of gravity, you can probably get your body up off of gravity. But it's a stepwise progression. First, you got to get your head up. Then you get your head up with your arms pushing like this. Then you can get your rear end up at the same time. And now you're really defying gravity because now you're like this, right? Your body's like this, but your arms and legs are down. And then you can start, now your, your secondary curves start forming. So now you can stand up like this and stand and cruise and hold on to things and then you can start walking. But it's all a battle against gravity, right? So that's the hardest thing that we have to do is, is constantly be fighting gravity. The number one thing our proprioceptive ability is to do right now, even at whatever age you're at, is to be sitting here and not be falling over, right? Because if you think about gravity is pushing on us right now, right? And when you talk to someone who's got really bad posture, what is the conversation you should be having? You know, someone walks in, we, we had a 22-year-old girl a young lady come in a couple of days ago like this, you know, and what did I say to her about gravity? I said, if you're 22 and you look like this, what's going to happen when you're 52? Right? So she's verticalized, but she's not successfully ver fighting against gravity anymore because gravity is pushing her down like this, right? And is it because of her cell phone use? Probably, you know, backpacks, sitting on horrible chairs at college and all that kind of, absolutely, all those things, all the above. But it doesn't mean she can't fight gravity. Right? And to fight gravity, she's got to do, aside from getting adjusted, which is super important, especially upper thoracic, she's got to fight gravity, do exercises to keep her, her posture you know, upright like this. And do this now when her, she's in her 20s, because I said, by any chance, what do your grandmas look like? And what does she say? They're all bent over like this. I said, well, that's where you're headed. So Dr. Rubin, yeah. this child that is scooting on his butt instead of crawling, Yes. 
often say we can help this child. In addition to adjusting, which of course we want to do in a critical time, what else do we do for a child like that? Yeah, so great question. So any child who's got any sort of, uh, they're scooting on their rear end, they're uh, crab crawling, bear crawling, or some other, uh, they're reverse crawling. I've seen kids go backwards and not forwards. Uh -oh. um, so any, any child who does this kind of stuff, we're going to do some primitive reflex work with them as well and other neurological checks to see what's happening with them because that's usually the biggest issue that we find is that they, um, their primitive reflexes are not resolving so correctly. No, I'm clearing the spine and working the primary reflexes well, concomitantly. In the same visit. Yeah, 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 same visit. So, so my analysis on a child like this is, A, what's their chiropractic, you know, soundness, and B, what's going on with their primary reflexes. And do you send mom home with uh, exercises? Exercises. Yes. Yeah, so all kids in my practice come home, go home and exercises okay. at whatever age. They're just like adults. Everybody goes home and exercises because uh, we want to make sure that their, their spine and nerve system are working at 100%. So I just wanted to introduce you to Dr. Biederman's thing. If you like um, this, what we just talked about, you're really going to like his book. Um, so I'm not a, a big fan of telling people to order books, but I think this is one of the best books out there um, by Dr. Biederman. And eventually I'll get the computer to work and we can, I'll show you more about this.